Welcome back. This is Hillary Crowley. Welcome to the Good Energy Healing Show. Um, I have something special to talk about today. Um, I am bringing in a friend, a new friend, um, a woman that I met. She was sitting to the right of me at a fire pit. Um, and we had introduced each other, we'd been introduced to each other. Um, but I think we were around the fire pit for maybe an hour or two. And you know, when you just really like somebody's energy, um, that happens to me frequently because I really like most people's energy. Um, but this, at this particular moment, um, when, when, um, we had time to talk privately, I said, let's do something together. Let's get around this fire pit again and maybe experience an equinox or a solstice or an eclipse. Let's do something around the fire. And the reason why I was asking her about the fire and about the cosmos and doing a ceremony or ritual together is because she introduced herself to me as a shamanic practitioner. Um, and I'll tell you, she has some really powerful energy and just a wonderful, good person. And you heard me say new friend, cause I'm like, I very friendly, like vibe. Um, I'm bringing on a uh, shamanic practitioner, Julie Humphreys today. And I've got to tell you that even in the warm up to this, uh, recording, um, we started laughing a lot. Um, we make each other laugh. Um, I know I talk a lot about humor as a sign of health, but we're going to also be talking about, um, this amazing, uh, power of authentically in a very grounded way, remembering for all of us, reconnecting with, um, well, basically energy that's beyond our ego. And, um, and so, in the matters of life, death, um, I worked with her this week as part of pretty much um, homework uh, for the this recording. I asked um, I asked Julie if she would come on my um, this episode, and she said, "Yeah, but um, let me do some work with you first. Let me actually do my um, shamanic practice with you first. And we absolutely talked about. Um, the cycle of life, um, some of my, um, you know, open wounds around dealing with um, the loss of a tree, a tree that needs to come down on my property. And anyone who's listened to my entire collection here so far knows that that when an apple tree came down on my, uh, I want to say it shook me to the core when the apple tree came down on my property, but like no pun intended, it shook me to the core, maybe even to the apple core. Anyway, without further ado, I'm going to have uh, Julie talk to us more about her background and how she got here. And let me just uh, bring her on and welcome her to the Good Energy Healing Show. Hey, Julie, are you there? I'm here. Hello, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you got to hear that little introduction, but it was a whole lot of you're a shamanic practitioner. You have got great energy, and I'm really grateful to have you here. But um, I'm sure all my listeners want to know um, not so much what does it mean to be a shamanic practitioner, but I, I will say that I know that I had in my notes that I was going to introduce you as a shaman, and you're like, "Oh no, Hillary, let's get that right. It's shamanic practitioner." Tell me, tell me why you said that to me. What, right. Why? Great. Yeah. So I think um, in this kind of work, in this kind of um, any of us who do any kind of energy healing, 
to me and to many people I know, it's very, very important that we honor the work that we do that it, because it's sacred work, right? Because mm-hmm. en- the energy that we work with is sacred. So to um, call myself a shaman isn't accurate because I am a white girl from the suburbs of New York <laughs> that grew up as a Irish Catholic influence. Um, and that's not me coming from a line of Peruvian shamans. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So in order for me to honor the work that I do, I am called a, and I call myself a shamanic practitioner because I work in the ways of shamanic healing. I was taught in the ways of shamanic healing. I was taught um, core shamanism. So what that means is that there are a lot of core practices among um, shamans, other shamanic practitioners that, um, that exist. So because shamanism, you know, it's been around for 40,000 years. You know, it's the original healing method for people. Well, wait, and, wait, wait, wait. I don't know 40,000. Who were we 40,000 years ago? So, no, I don't know about 40,000 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I know that like humans have been around. So, where'd you come up with 40,000? Or, I mean, I'm not calling you, I'm not fact checking you, but that just was like really interesting to me. Like, ah, oh, I love the history of the human experience. So, oh, yeah, totally, totally. Where, where were we 40,000 years ago? Well, the first shamans, it's believed right? It's believed that the first shamans came from Mongolia or from the Mongolian Russian border. Yes, because you know what? You said Mongolia and I read Siberia the other day, but you're right. There it is, right? Right. Exactly. The the Siberian shamans. Mm -hmm. And do you think that kind of affects like the Bering Strait, like that, what we learned about how, um, you know, the Bering Strait where the Native Americans, um, you know, uh, cross the Bering Strait up there by Alaska. Does that make sense at all? Um, about the the energies up there? No, just the how sham, shamanism traveled around the world, uh, like got to our continent. Um. Yeah. You know, I don't know for sure, but what I do know, what I feel in my bones, anyway, is that energy healing was normal back then. Being one with nature and understanding all of the vibrations um, that nature gives us and the energy that we have. It's like everybody worked in concert together. Everybody and everything worked in concert together, you know, and that's, that's like the, the original truth, I think um, of healing and, you know, people evolve, we evolved medicine involved and somehow it all got lost in the shuffle. You know, the louder the world got doesn't mean that evolution is bad because I don't think it is. Um, But I like that there's like this resurgence of um, folks who are looking for something more now to really kind of complete their healing process. It's like the physical, the emotional and the spiritual kind of all coming together. And I think that's true healing work when we're all when we can be balanced that way. Do you work often on the on the physical, like helping other people with physical issues? Well, people will talk to me about physical issues. I am in no way a medical doctor and not even close to being trained a medical doctor at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but somebody will just mention it. And, um, you know, it's just something I kind of keep in the back of my mind to ask my spirit team about. Um, but there's no way that I would ever give a medical diagnosis. 
Right, right. That's a big, big deal. In fact, I think it's just a nice way to, um, because I, I would not call myself a shamanic practitioner. Um, I call myself an energy, I think an energy medicine practitioner, um, between like trainings and, um, trainings and trademarks, right? Um, I just have, you know, I have a brother-in-law who's a lawyer who's always like, Hillary, what do you do? What what do you do? And I say, I have people who just keep coming back. That's what I do. (laughs) I Um, see why. (laughs) Um, and I love, I love having that brother-in-law like, um, so let's talk about that. Like, um, what do you know about, um, hmm, why did my brother-in-law come up? See, I'm being intuitive with Julie. See, we're friends here. <laughs> so why would it come up that it's nice to have, this is important, something about, um, let me ask you, not just for the purposes of this episode, but I'm going to just kind of reach out to you as like to go back in that role that you that you walked me through where I allowed you or welcomed you into being my practitioner for a second. So what was it, what is it about that, that, um, push pull of a, of a brother-in-law that just, he just brings me so much joy and he's, and he can be so incredibly, um, like we can be, we can be the yin to the yang or like, uh, uh, opposing, um, but we we like look at it, we love each other more because of it. Now keep in mind, in law, he's not my brother, right? He's brother in law, so we we have degrees of separation, natural degrees of separation. Um, what's your thinking? Well, like, what what's coming up for me that you are picking up on? Well, I kind of feel like um, you know that's a connection from a past life. Really? You know? Oh, absolutely. I think that um, the people that we either people that are in our families or our social, social circles, um, you know, people we run around town with, these are all people, these are all souls that we've run around town with before, right? Whether, you know, but it could be in a totally different capacity. For instance, in a past life, in one of your past lives, you, maybe your brother-in-law was your brother. Maybe he was your husband. Maybe he was your son. Maybe he was your neighbor. Maybe he was your best friend. You know, it's, but I, I believe, um, that our, our souls. I believe in the soul contract. You know, I believe that um, we have a deal <laughs> that we make before we come into this lifetime, um, and to to learn our lessons and try to be try to evolve in order to be the best people that we can be. And that I think that's for ourselves, and I also think that it's for everybody else around us. Does that make sense? It does. And I just, I just love how you just put that like 40,000 years of wisdom you put into like, I think we evolve to be the best people we can be. Like, just like you, everyone just heard you say that. I think we just evolve to be the best people we can be. And it's, you know, that's how it goes. That's really what we're walking towards. And like, you know, yeah. we talk about doing our best, right? Mm-hmm. Always Absolutely. your best. It's a, it's, it's in a, it's in a lot of practices. I wanted, I wanted to uh, circle back to the word believe. So when you say you believe something, um, does that mean you, um, somebody asked me the other day about what I believed and I said, I believe in grappling. Mm. So if you hear me saying, I believe something like one of the things I believe, which is more like tossing a, a hypothesis out into the wind. I said, I, I believe that, um, in the very near future, authenticity is going to become 
the top thing that we look for. Like, can I feel authentic from you, authenticity from you? And I'll, and I'll even be materialistic about it. Do I feel authenticity from your product? Do I feel authenticity from what you're selling me? But also, do I feel authenticity from, like, I feel like we're going to get uh, as a, you just said we evolve, right? Mm-hmm. Believe we evolve, and you think, and you also said earlier that evolution is a good thing. So we yeah. kind of ebb and flow and evolve. I believe that I believe that we're going to evolve towards authenticity. Now that could take a a U turn, but like I said, so what do I really believe? It's like I believe in the grappling of being like, hmm, I might see this as something that's going in this direction. Like I see a pattern. Anyway. Um, I asked you a question, which was, what do you, what do you mean when you say you believe? Well, when I say, you know, I believe that's, um, me just kind of, well, it's not kind of, it's me communicating what I feel in my bones, in my essence, in my body. Um, and I think the word grappling is kind of the perfect why do I keep saying kind of? I think the word grappling <laughs> is because you're grappling. You're grappling, right? Right. But it's 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 a really good way to introduce even the thought that you are evolving because it means you're thinking because it means that you're exploring. If you're grappling, there's something going on in your mind and your process and your body and your thoughts, something, right? It's a process that goes on. And in order to evolve, um, especially evolving into authenticity, evolving into your authentic self, which is what we do as energy workers, light workers, however, whatever you want to call yourself, whatever your, you know, medium is. Um, I think that's a, I think, Grappling is a perfect way to do it. But when I say, you know, I believe I'm speaking my, my, um, I don't want to put it that way. When I say I believe I'm communicating what is coming from my, my bones and my vibrations in my body. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think if we looked at the, the idea of grappling, it's, it's oftentimes used like I'm grappling for words and the nature of an interview like this is that and also, you know, the distance that we're all experiencing, you know, there's so much distance healing. You did distance healing with me the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, you actually only had so many tools to communicate and most of them were in the form of language. Um, there was one point where you had me, literally hang up the phone and you did work, but I didn't get to be indulged in the language of that work until you came back and reported to me, like from the front line, you know, (laughs) um, this is what's going on in the non-language sector of your being. And so I'm wondering if the grappling is, I know, and I can feel in my bones and my heart, something that feels you know, important. And I tend to like to hold on to beliefs that uplift and strengthen. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't not, they do not need to polish or change or fix. Mm -hmm. But, um, I tend to find that when I'm, when I'm disconnected to, well, I call it the intuition of the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll feel fearful 
And when I'm connected to the intuition of the moment, I'll feel like a gentle, like relaxation right down to my bones. Mm. So thank you for helping me grapple with the grappling. <laughs> it's a flow, right? It's a, fl- it's, it's a way to get to the flow. You know, I like to call it like the jet stream of the universe. Kind of like when we um, speak our authentic voices, um, we can really align ourselves with our purpose. And that's what I hopefully am helping people do is to help them. And, and I think, you know, you, you probably do the same thing with, with your work and even just being you, who you are, you know, it's like just being able to speak with somebody, um, a new friend or an old friend, or just, you know, somebody in the grocery line, six feet away, um, behind, behind a mask, <laughs> just be like, you know, what comes naturally and how you kind of just be in that moment and be in the flow. And that's, that's when the magic happens, man. It's like, you know, you're in the flow, you're, you're kind of like experiencing the, the good juju and that connection, whether it's an hour or five minutes, you know, I love that. I love that about being aligned with this kind of, with this kind of work, but being aligned in that way that you have to be aligned in in order to do this energy work, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. I, I, I love it too. And um, I'm kind of like time traveling with you a little bit um, just in terms of your um, uh, biography. So um, you're new to me. I don't know that much about you. And it wasn't until you introduced yourself here that I got the New York background. And then I've got a good ear. So all of a sudden I could hear New York. In a, in a <laughs> I get that from time to time. <laughs> well, I'll tell you when you get it. It's when you have the AU together. So taught. Um, yeah. So, yeah. You it, know what's funny about that? I uh, People call me on this all the time. It's funny. So I grew up in the lower Hudson Valley of New York. And my parents actually grew up in Massachusetts. So I grew up in the lower Hudson Valley of New York and with parents who had a very strong Massachusetts accent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> my mom was a, uh, a public school teacher in our district. And so all the kids of middle school kids, so all the kids would make fun of her for the way that she spoke, <laughs> for the way that she talked. And, um, and it was always like a running joke, you know. And when I, I spent basically my adulthood like from 21 on in Boston. So here I was. Wait, wait, wait. Those of us from Boston need you to say Boston again. Just just, <laughs> just because it just warms my heart. Boston. From- ba- Boston. See, when I, set, when I try to like, that, when I try to alter it where I'm not my authentic self, I sound ridiculous. <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't ever alter it. It's so beautiful. And I, and, and my, I mean, my, some of my favorite people in the world are like New York. I mean, and, and Hey, Hey, let's stay on this for a second. Let's stay on this. Yeah, yeah. Cause we're talking about different, um, different, uh, just, are, are we talking about, I want to, I want to not say the word tribe right now mm. because it's not that it's, it's, um, it's like regions. Yeah. Mm. So like, so like how we have like, the energy, I mean, that's no small energy you got over there, Hudson Valley, my friend. Mm. Holy moly. Wow. I actually taught a couple of retreats at Stony Point. You're familiar with that area? Um, I don't know where you are. I don't know how close down the um, uh, 
Hudson River you are. In, are you in Westchester? Is that the area? No, Westchester is further down, closer to the city. Westchester is like right outside the city. Right. I'm a little bit further up. Uh, well. Stony Point is like, you mean Stony, you don't mean Stony Brook. You said Stony Point. No, I meant Stony Point because Stony Brook is over by Pleasantville, right? That's Long Island. Oh, wow. I see everybody. I just was trying to find a way. Like I won the game show because I got you to say Long Island. <laughs> um, but let's talk. Let, okay. En- enough of me okay. talking about how I don't know the area on the map. More of like, let's talk about um, how uh, I just feel like it's important. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to a shamanic practitioner. Mm-hmm. How do people, how do people, how are their energies different based on where they come from? You know, like I, mm. I, I will tell you that I can watch my, as I watch this podcast grow, I have a way of seeing who's listening and I have a lot of it, listeners in Ireland. I have a lot of listeners in the United States, which we know is millions of regions, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have listeners, Mexico. Um, yeah. So I haven't been to Mexico yet. I'd love to. Looks beautiful. Can we do that together, you and me? Because I haven't done that either. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. That will be really fun. Absolutely. And I love, I love Ireland. I went to Ireland um, quite a while ago at this point, but it doesn't even really matter when you go. It's about how the experience sticks with you, you know, when you go to a place. And uh, I just love Ireland and Scotland. I've yet to go to Wales. My last name is Welsh, so I'd love to go to Wales and do some family tracing there. And just the Celtic vibe in general resonates very deeply with me. Uh, it always has. And and I think that growing up where I did, so I grew up on a golf course. Mm. And um, I really credit my my dad for all those afternoons, late afternoons out on the golf course on the summer, you know, just showing me different plants and looking at different animal dens and like where their deer would bed down. Um, we'd pick blackberries and, you know, look at all different kinds of birds. We'd go out um, like when it would get dark out and we'd see all the bats flying around and we'd watch storms coming in around. Just like he, he really instilled without knowing it, I'm sure because <laughs> he was a hardworking guy. Um, but it really instilled in me this sense of um, just the beauty and magic and power and strength of nature. And like, really, I heard the heartbeat of Mother Earth when I was very young, even if it didn't resonate with me at the time, but I knew that something resonated with me. Because also next to my my house on the golf course was a cemetery. And so I spent a lot of time in the cemetery when I was a kid, um, just, you know, just kind of walking around. I think probably waiting for my dad to come in off the golf course from work. <laughs> and, um, you know, there were a lot of, um, it just, it just always felt good being there. And this is leading me to a story where, um, there is this bench in the cemetery up by like the, like their storage shed, like where they kept their lawnmower or whatever. And there is an old, uh, well pump. Right. And I'd always, pump the well pump. It was like a working well and I would pump it, get the water out of it, drink it. <laughs> Guess it was good water because I'm not dead. Um, the thing where you're like the old fashioned kind of like. Yeah. 
You can hear it squeak as you pump it. And, and that was at this. Well, you need it at the cemetery and at the golf course, right? So which which one? Where were you? At the cemetery? Oh, this was in the cemetery. The cemetery was fenced yeah. off. Yes, mm-hmm. to help water. I help you know. I always need access to water at a cemetery because you're yeah. watering the flowers. Okay, that's right. Yeah, and Keep there's. Water, a- I'm on the edge of my seat. This is cool. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> So there's this bench that I always always just sit on and just kind of look around and I'd look at all the gravestones with their pictures on them and just kind of like feel the wind. And I remember being, even at like a really young age, I remember um, the sound of the wind through all of the trees because there was a tree nursery around that. Um, I just loved it. It just always made me feel good. And I always felt really safe and, and, and really good as a kid, you know, and content as a kid. So. I'd sit on this bench and I just kind of hang out. And then you know how sometimes you can see the moon in the daytime? Yes. So I remember always seeing the moon when it was out in the daytime and just noticing like the the patterns on it, you know, and thinking like, I wonder what that means. And it always looked like a face to me. So I always thought that the moon was talking to me and we had this special relationship, me and the moon in the daytime. And, um, and a few times there was this old guy who would come and sit on the bench with me. Um, you know, some guy I thought just tending someone's, maybe his wife's grave or, or something, you know, in the cemetery. And, and I remember too, specifically it was a Polish cemetery. I don't know how it got there or why it was Polish, but whatever. And so I'm on the bench, you know, as a kid looking at the moon and this little man would join me every now and then when he was there And he used to tell me stories about the markings on the moon. And he would tell me like what they meant at different times. And so it was like he was weaving different stories for me and what the patterns on the moon were that I saw. So it was really just a lovely experience for me. Um, And come to find out, you know, as an adult looking back, um, there really wasn't a band next to me at all. Like for instance, somebody would have seen me as a kid on the bench and just would have seen me, you know? So I had come to learn much later on that spirit has always been with me and spirit has been with me, um, really encouraging me and, um, just acknowledging, um, and holding me very gently my whole life, especially as a kid. Um, would you would you think that was a uh, okay okay so that's funny well, hold on all of us need to take a breath because that was a beautiful story oh thank you and the only breath we have to take is I am sure my listeners are like Hillary when she's done talking you you might want to tell her that you know ask her was that a real person or was that a spirit you know just the nature of the show the nature of the conversation the nature of you and then you answered it for us so now i got to like double up on my breath and say oh <laughs> so, so if we took a photograph of you and the man on the bench it was you and the man was not in physical form correct maybe you'd see a little smudge of light or something you know different people have different ideas of what spirit looks oh, like yeah. on film mm-hmm. um but yeah you wouldn't see him as like how i saw him as a kid in human form was he always the same every time you saw him as a kid i remember he always had on the same hat 
And he always had on like, even if it, cause it was usually in the summer, actually, he always had on like a long sleeve, um, ugh, what it, like blazer thing. Yeah. He was like dressed nice, you know, but like, it wasn't like shorts and a t-shirt because it was, you know, 85 degrees and super, <laughs> the air was super thick and hot in the Hudson Valley of New York. <laughs> so, so when I look, when I look up at the moon, what were some things he said to look for? You know, I have no recollection. Well, what do you feel about the moon? Basically? What I feel about the moon is that there are so many stories to be woven from the inspiration and the guidance that one can get, that I can get from the moon and from the lessons of the moon. So I guess this doesn't really surprise me then that my first introduction into uh, the unknown or the esoteric or any mysteries of the unknown have always fascinated me, but tarot was my gateway. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved just, I remember the first time I found the, my first deck of tarot cards, it was like, oh, I'm holding on to like the mysteries of the universe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> why? why? Get, 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 get deep into that. Why? It's because of the, because here it is, this dusty old bookshop and there's this, tarot deck this deck of cards that had like this really um forbidden looking picture on it and it was in a different i think it was like german or something so it had this like this different looking language on the cover of it and i just remember holding it in my hands being like oh this is something really important and uh don't you know i ended up years and years and years later i ended up giving away that pack of tarot cards because or like it was like an exchange table thing, but because I couldn't, I could never really truly connect and resonate with that deck. Isn't that funny? My very first deck, I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is so mysterious and amazing. And it took me so long to even open it. Like I would just hold it. (laughs) It does feel like, um, like, uh, like the beginning of like a beautiful mystery that I want to read, you know, like, yeah, I want to, I want to be there reading about you holding that deck and the dustiness and you, you're very, very good at creating scenes. You know that about your storytelling. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, it doesn't really matter where this dusty bookstore is, but I've been in it and I feel, you know what I mean? Like I feel that and then to hold that. And there was something in that. Um, um, and you said that you were brought up Catholic, did you say? Yes, my mom had a very strong Catholic uh, faith. And then you have a connection with the Celtic, right? Yes, for sure. For so sure. You had a reverence for symbolism. Yes. Did you was there symbolism? Were you looking at any symbols? We were talking about the moon. Um well, I always the let's see. I think the symbolism um that resonates. You mean like symbolism that resonates in my work now, or just is what has been with me? Or? I'm I'm with however old you were. I'm with you holding that, and I'm 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 like a I'm like a film camera right now. I want to see what you're seeing. What you're seeing then is me, um, in the grass, in the flowers. Um, I used to. <laughs> this is I can't believe I'm saying this, but I. Um, I would talk to the flowers, (laughs) you know, I would talk to the flowers and I would talk to the grass and I was always climbing a tree. There's this uh, big tree in my front yard 
Um, so it was my house, my front yard, a fence, a dirt road, and the 17th fairway of the golf course. And to and then over to the other side was the cemetery. So there's this big tree um, that was in the front of our house. And I always climbed this tree. I loved climbing trees. And I would like hug the tree and I would talk to the tree and the tree would talk to me. So all of these, <laughs> all of these experiences um, that were, that I just thought were normal um, and experiences that really stuck with me for a long time, even as, you know, I grew up, I was a teenager and I was, you know, living my life and did all kinds of different things and, you know, kind of really far away from remembering the nature spirits in me um, until I went to, uh, I was called to be with plants again in my adult life. And um, so I went into my, uh, my herbalist training, right, with my apprenticeship mm -hmm. to be an herbalist. And don't you know, <laughs> I'm kneeling in, because I worked there as well. So I'm kneeling in this garden and I hear all these flowers giggling around me, all these little violets. And it just brought me right back to when I was a kid in the cemetery or on the golf course or climbing the tree, just really kind of being there and, and being with the energy of the elementals and the spirits of nature. And it was just really cool. It was just really awesome, which also really awakens my shamanic core. It really added a lot to my shamanic, uh, uh, I want to say fortitude. I don't know if that's the right word, but that's what I want to say. My shamanic fortitude. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the fort, the strength, the strength, right? Yeah. I um, What's occurring to me is that, um, it's so funny because I could talk to you for five hours. <laughs> I know. Um, because what I'm about to say is what's occurring to me is time and the piece about how we're so linear as if we get more intelligent because we've been chronologically around longer. Mm. Um, I think we're really discovering that that's not necessarily the truth. And yet at the same time, we want to honor the time of the elders. Right. But, mm -hmm. but, the, but the, but the one who spoke the little one, it was like, you're, it was like, I'm seeing like different schools we go to. And so why would we ever diminish one school which is the school of being a child from another school, which is the school of being a toddler from another school, which is the school of being, um, well, let's just stay with it. Like the teenagers where such important work is getting done in the teenage to see how do I fit in and how do I talk to people yeah. and inter interrelate because you can't be a practitioner, as you said, a, a shamanic practitioner, if you don't know how to relate really, really well in a friendly way to the world. And so, and, and so I don't need to assert my will or my grappling of beliefs on everybody around me because that's frankly not, I'm speaking for myself. That's frankly not friendly. And, and the feedback I get from overlapping with other people's grapplings brings me joy, but also moves the conversation forward. So I would think that if I was your friend when we were little, and you talk to the flowers. I might talk to the flowers too over here, um, but I don't need to get together and talk about how we talk about the flowers, to <laughs> the flowers together, right? Because then um, we're we're still supposed to be parallel playing, and 
and uh, who know who knows how that works. But I just I just wanted to let you know that like, why do we put this? I'm this is a rhetorical question. If ever there was one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> why do we diminish a huge lesson that we learn in one point of our life? I'm feeling this even around those who are listening who are like marriage, you know, like why would you diminish like what you learn in one marriage if now you're in another marriage? Like that everything we learn along the way is cumulative, right? Yeah. And, it's, and, and treasure. It's a treasure. Mm. We're collecting our own treasure. And what did you say at the beginning about what we're doing even through lives, which is be evolving to be better? To be, yeah, we want to be the, the best version of ourselves and we evolve to be better. And, you know, I think that at the crux of energy work, any energy work, whatever it is, you know, because we're all a lot of things, you and I, right? Just like whether it's mediumship, energy work, energy healing, shamanic healing, whatever it is, um, at the crux of energy work is we, the, the practitioners, do the deep dive on ourselves. We do the shadow work. We do the hard stuff. We go through and sit in the uncomfortable hallway that exists before you walk through another doorway, right? There's always that uncomfortable space of change and ascension that happens before we can evolve or move up or ascend or learn our lessons. But bringing, but what you said before about like the marriages, it's like, it's like, it reminds me of the major arcana in tarot. You know, you have these phases that's represented, phases in life as represented through 22 cards. And, you know, it's about the journey. It's about bring, when you get to the very end, you're walking out the door into a hallway of um, temporary space where you're getting ready to move upstairs, right? You're getting ready to go upstairs and walk in, walk through into another room. But if you don't bring all that wisdom with you, what's the point? You don't really go anywhere. And this is the, the part of evolution and our, our ascendancy, I guess you could say our ascension as people is really important because if for folks who really have a hard time with change and not wanting things to change and digging their heels in. Nope. I'm staying here. This is, this is how I need to be. I don't want things to change. I feel safe here. It's like, you don't feel safe. You're just comfortable. So you're comfortable in not feeling safe, which is still being comfortable. So unless you are willing to bring that wisdom forward and to apply it and really step into the person that you are, um, meant to be the, 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 your purpose here, right? Yep. You know, it's really important to bring forward all of that wisdom before you start all over again. So I, I took very few notes. And then a few minutes ago, I actually, as you know, when I was getting ready, my pen didn't work. And then I was like, I got to stop and get my pen. And then I came back and we started. Um, I dropped the pen. It's <laughs> The pen, that, the pen that works is not reachable unless you want me to like have a lot of clunking noises and a huge delay in this recording. You want me to write something down for you? <laughs> I got a pen. <laughs> I love you for offering that. That's so kind. I did manage to write one thing uh, before I dropped the pen because you know I'm talking to a shamanic practitioner and I'm 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 no 
I'm no stranger to the energy work too and the and the and the humor in it all. It's like my my nervous system said, drop the pen. I mean, I'm not that clumsy, you know. I don't. I, we're talking about how you know you have one. I had one job: is to hold a pen. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and I dropped it, so I guess I didn't need to write anything down after this one bit. So, yeah. what I wanted to share with you, which I was hearing, and I think that um, it's coming, it's coming through loudly and clearly, is waiting. You're waiting for your dad, and so the energy of waiting, I think, is what word am I stretching for right now? Um, what's the word when it's, uh, not properly valued? Like it's, um, uh, when something is waiting. So waiting, we think of waiting as like neutral, if not a little irritating Hmm. and what's coming up between us and the vibration between us and this call is that I'm feeling that we want to really put this beautiful, um, underestimated is the word I was looking for. Underestimated. We want to put this beautiful um, kind of like emphasis on the beauty of waiting. The beauty of waiting. Like I, it could even be a message that you're giving to me right now, which is like, I don't like to run early for things because what happens if I'm early for something? You've got to wait. I'm waiting. Um, there was a time I was waiting. I have a little story for you just to kind of like you know, hug you through the airwaves. Um, I was, uh, we took a camping trip, which was on an island. Um, I'd say I was about, you know, everything seems to happen to me when I'm like nine or 10 years old. Mm. Like I've noticed the book in, in my book, like I have like 15 different references to nine-year-olds. So, so like, I feel like the nine-year-old girl in me is like, here I am, I'm right here. Yeah. Well, for now, your next book will be something different. Yeah, maybe you'll be, like, yeah. be a whopping 14-year-old by the time you get that. But so um, maybe I was nine. Um, I was old enough to be able to kind of walk away from this was an this was an island. It wasn't a campground. And I was waiting for does does you know, did you have any cousins? Yes. All right. So my cousins were coming over to join us. And you know, the cousin energy. It's just in my case, like, I love these guys, you know? Party. Yeah. It's a party and there's joy and there's friendship and, um, but it's a boat. They're coming over by a boat to an Island. And, um, so I found myself longing for like longing for them. And so now let's get into like 40,000 years of <laughs> humanity. I'm sitting on a rock and I'm looking out at the water and it didn't matter to me because I knew I had no control of time and camping itself unplugs you to say the least. Yeah. Try camping in the 1970s on an Island. <laughs> um, so you're, so <laughs> where, where my ancestors used to live, by the way, just to bring it, oh, cool. bring it home where some of their bodies are buried. Right. So, so I'm sitting, but I'm sitting on this like rock life cliff and I found myself talking to the ocean. Mm-hmm. really talking to the ocean. And um, there was something almost like a resonance in the, in the, in the waves as they hit. Um, and I just dropped into it. I would say for the record, that was my first experience in my adult ego, even though it was still in development, like pre puberty or wherever I was in life. But I would say that was the first part of my conscious mind experiencing meditation. And I didn't know I was experiencing meditation. Oh yeah. Yeah. Totally. I, yeah. And I don't want to put too much an emphasis on the word meditation because I have a whole nother 
issue with that. But like, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to talk to you about that. <laughs> I, I, somebody knows out there, it's like podcast number four. It's like, okay. <laughs> I just like, don't I, like we all, we all meditate. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, see, this is, totally. why, this is why we're friends. <laughs> why we're friends. Well, there's a lot of people that I work with. Um, do I teach? Just, oh, I can't meditate. I can't meditate. I'm like, don't say meditate. Just don't say meditate and you'll be able to do it. In fact, you already do it. <laughs> yeah. See, Sorry. Go ahead. No, do not apologize. Everyone, all of my loyal r- listeners are laughing because they're like, okay, now we see why you- I did a whole thing. <laughs> So yeah, you already do it. And you, and I'm guarantee you did not listen to all of my uh, episodes before this call. So not yet. All right. So, oh, not yet. That's so sweet. Not yet. <laughs> um, so the, the piece that I wanted to say was um, I was waiting a long time and there's a the plan words. The piece of it is there and you were waiting for your dad. And I think that one of the things, if we could just restore one tiny takeaway. And when I think of waiting, I do think of um, the waiting rooms, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before you walk into the, um, you know, before you, before you walk in to see what, if it's a health thing, right? Physical body or you're waiting we're, we're waiting for things. And I, and I feel like you've given me a beautiful gift, whether you realize it or not, which I think is the nature of a shamanic practitioner. You, you probably don't always know all the gifts that you bestow upon people. Do you? Um, you know, I don't know how to answer that. (laughs) I think that a very wise teacher of mine said Start, you you need to start every session, every healing with a beginner's mind. And remember that you know nothing and spirit is there to guide you. So, and if you're not being the vessel to create miracles and creating miracles every day, then you need to stop and go back and figure out why you're not. Oh, I just want to breathe on that. That just feels like an inhale and an exhale. What a what what a what a gift did you had to have such a lovely teacher and and to remember that message and pass that on to all of us right now. I love that. I have some amazing teachers. I I tell you, oh man, just so 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 lucky. I know I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. People say that a lot, and that's great. People say it. people are saying they're blessed, and and I'm blessed too. And I have the it's just been such an awesome ride. I can't even tell you, you know, it's just been such an awesome ride. The whole development, how, you know, we come into this world and then all of the things that's happened in between and all of the work um, and all of the epiphanies and all of the dark holes and all of the, you know, amazing joyous moments and all the fun and laughter. It's just, it's been such an amazing ride. And it's just so, I just feel like sometimes, man, I'm just like the luckiest girl in the world. <laughs> I love that. I feel like you've got a little jig in you. That can- <laughs> well, I'm six feet tall, so I got a big jig in me. <laughs> a big jig in you that can uh, that can dance under the moon during oh, the day, yeah. during the day. Like you're 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 a moonrise during the daytime. <laughs> Julie, Julie Julie Humphreys. Oh my goodness. Uh, so um as we wrap up, what's new for you? What what are you what are you um looking forward to? Like 
in your oh. next, you know, your next little project or role you want to play? What's going on with you? Um, well, I'm actually um, putting together more of my writing. I have, um, I'm working more on my short stories. I have a project um, I'm working on uh, called Healing Stories. Um, I'm doing a lot more shamanic work. Um, I am, you know, and this is all in the midst of being, you know, primary caregiver to my family. So I have a family, mm-hmm. um, and a couple kids and a husband and a big dog that likes to bark ferociously at people who walk by my house. <laughs> I, I, well, um, thank you for mentioning the dog who probably is the true primary caregiver, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, guardian, clearly, watch on the watch and um, therapy. Any therapy going on with the dog? I'm sure getting some therapy done. Absolutely. <laughs> that character in Peter Pan, the dog, Nanny. Is the dog's name Nanny? I don't remember. I don't remember. There's a beautiful sheep dog in yeah. Peter Pan. And I, I watch for symbols and stories as they come up. And um, yeah. The just I you know I feel like you have a big life with a lot of big love around you and um oh that's lovely to say thank well, you it's lovely to feel it mm. from you so I I can't I don't know I can't thank you enough so healing stories and you're working on that and um I'm here to encourage you as a friend let me know are you going to have this story about the um the man with the hat on the bench in your stories. Oh, yes. Oh, yep. Okay. Yep. I think that's, um, and I say, oh, yes, because it, it came to me as I was talking about it with you. <laughs> so thank you. Yes. <laughs> and I got you to say talking one more time. In the- <laughs> I should have known. <laughs> I'm, play- I'm playing a drinking game with water, which is, oh, oh wait, okay. okay, I got to let you go because we could go on forever. But can I just ask you one little smidget of, I just want to hear your hit on this. Yeah. So, um, uh, everything broke the last week of 2021. I, I, I ran over, I blew a tire. Um, our refrigerator broke, our garage door broke. Um, these are all material things, of course, which I'm talk about being lucky and very grateful for. Um, I actually didn't feel like anything in the spirit realm broke. Um, but one of the things that broke was my ability to get filtered water. Um, and I didn't realize how attached I was to filtered water because there's plenty of tap water around me, plenty, but I wanted my filtered water. And as I was preparing for this, um, I was joking about the drinking game. And every time you use your New York accent, um, I can take a sip of water, but, um, I couldn't take a sip of water, uh, for last couple of weeks because I didn't allow myself to feel like there was water around me all the time because my one source of water, which is through the refrigerator was broken. Um, I have a feeling you might know something about that. Wake up, wake up. When you talk about things breaking, I, I feel, um, upgrade. Then when you talk about this whole, not noticing what's around you, wake up is what I hear. Not noticing what's around me. I mean, I didn't notice the water around me. Yeah. It's like, wake up, look more around you. Look at more of the resources you have around you. Oh yeah, that's true. Cause I, I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, how do you wake up? Well, that's up to you. That's not up to me. Right. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've I've definitely felt like some beautiful waking up. I'm just thinking about everyone else who's hearing this, and they're like, "Well, what does she mean by waking up? And what would be like a a way of of of? Oh, well, you know what? You know what? Notice, notice more, notice more. Okay. So good. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Right. So um. Okay. So wake up. So notice more. So notice more. You're you're in a moment. You're feeling like oh, I'm thirsty. I need some more water. Okay. So what do I need to do to take care of myself right now? I need to go get some water, but I don't have my water cooler. So what? I'm thirsty. I need to take care of myself right now. I'm going to go get some water. That kind of wake up, that kind of noticing, that kind of mm-hmm. like understand, lift, lift your head up and look around and see what other amazing resources you have right in front of you. And that, my friend, is we're going to leave it. So we're going to lift our heads up look around, notice what other resources we have around us and, 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 and wake up as we, as we, um, start to pay attention to this beautiful energy. Will you come back and talk to me another time? Cause this was great. Oh yes, please. Thank you. Thank you. I yeah. love this. I yeah. love it. Yes. I, I'm looking forward to many conversations with you, um, around this fire pit, which is the audio world of energy and then the real awesome. fire pits as well. Um, awesome beautiful job. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, how, thank you. how can we find you? Uh, juliehumphreys.com. Oh, good job. You got the, you got the, you got the, 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 the juliehumphreys.com. Nobody yes. is competing for that around this whole world. Yeah. I got that a long time ago, but as long as like you spell my name correctly, you know what I mean? So it's like H U. J-U-L-I-E-H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y-S. A lot of people like to put hump fries, like home fries. Oh, yeah. Money, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's R-E-Y-S, so I'm plural. I'm long oh, and plural. Oh, that does so, sound Welsh or from Wales. I get Yes. That. Okay. Awesome. Well, my joy and my pleasure. Um, thank you, everyone who tuned in to the Good Energy Healing Show with Julie Humphreys with an E-Y-S at the end. Nice. Um, uh, the shamanic practitioner and I, we had some fun. Uh, you walked me across golf courses and under moons and sat me on the bench, and I've loved every minute of it. Thank you so much. For those of you who tuned in today, don't forget to subscribe and to hit the like buttons, or I don't think it's a like button. I think it's a five-star button. You could give me four stars if you want, but you know, hit the five stars. Um, thank you all so much for tuning into the Good Energy Healing Show. I hope you all have an absolutely beautiful day.